Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking of Green. I am your hostess and curator of sustainable news at Southeast Green Best Bond. And today I'm very excited. I'm always excited to have my guests. But this guest in particular is very exciting because, one, he's changing the world in very tangible ways. And, two, he is from Sweden, which is where I spent my junior year abroad um, in high school. So it's very good to – we won't speak in Swedish, partly because I can't remember any of my Swedish, but partly we want you to understand the great work that Usegen is doing. So Matthias Wallander is the CEO of Usegen, and he has been the CEO since 2000. And from the company's inception in 1999, Usegen has expanded into a nationwide network of over 12,000 clothing recycling sites in 16 states. Mr. Wallander recognizes the environmental significance of reducing textile waste not um, sorry reducing textile waste not least for the global warming impact of textiles his goal is to elevate textile recycling to the level glass paper and plastic and to eventually achieve zero textile waste with his team at use again mr volander is currently developing solutions for increasing textile diversion from 15 percent to 75 percent through increased consumer convenience and accessibility Welcome, Matthias, to the show. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for having me on. Well, so we've been um, following you for a while, and before we got on the show, we were talking about, um, you know, how I I see you all the time in my town in Decatur, but tell us exactly what you do. We know you collect clothes, but what happens after that? Yeah, so we, we have conveniently located collection bins in communities uh, in 16 states, like you said. And uh, from there, the clothing goes to one of our warehouses. Uh, and at the warehouse, it's uh, we remove anything that's um, uh, contamination, so anything that would be wet or or could... Um, damage the rest of the material and then we bundle it up and we uh, ship it to markets all over the world so um, clothing of course is is worn all over the planet and um, there are a lot of communities where people can't afford to buy new clothing and uh, used clothing is is the only way to go so we uh, we ship to Latin America to uh, Eastern Europe to and also domestically about half the product we collect is reused here in the US. So does it go to thrift stores or um, where does it end up in the US? Correct. Yeah, so thrift stores is the major uh, market for us here in U- the US. Uh, and the thrift store industry has really taken off in in recent years. It's becoming much more acceptable to go and shop and and you know see what you can find of bargains and deals. Um, and it's really amazing what uh, what you can find because you know people don't really wear out their clothes. Um, you uh, fashions change quickly and and uh, maybe you even go up or down a size and 
and now you uh, want or need something else and and then you can discard your old clothes and give it a new life. So tell us, I mean, it's it's clear sort of why you would go into business, but there had to be something that sort of drove it because back in 1999, people weren't really thinking recycling in this kind of way. That's right. And um, so being from Europe, I I had some um, exposure to this kind of business from there. Uh, there were already a lot of uh, clothes collection going on with bins. Um, but then also um, my uh, background working in the nonprofit sector, I'd been traveling in, in Latin America and Africa and seen firsthand the, the need for good, affordable clothing. So um, that and then learning um, from waste characterization studies from the EPA about the enormous waste of clothing. It's probably one of the least utilized materials. Um, 85% of, of textiles are going into landfills and incinerators. Um, so putting all those things together, I, I thought, um, and I wasn't the only one, that there was an opportunity here. So um, I believe y'all are a nonprofit, right? No, we're not. We're we're a, a for-profit business, and we, we still think we're doing something good uh, because, you know, um, recycling is something that's good in itself and, and also bringing... Uh, affordable products to people around the world, but we're we're a for-profit company, and that's sometimes um, uh, surprising to people because our industry has been associated with non-profits for a very long time, and um, I was actually surprised to find out when we started use again that. Um, Many of the the companies that operate under the guise of a nonprofit are actually for profits. So they are renting a, a name, and the benefit to the nonprofit is, of course, that they have a revenue stream. They don't need to do any work. But to the public, it looks like these are all nonprofits <laughs> asking me for my clothes. Um, when in reality, it's it's mostly a, a, a for-profit business, and we, we just we we give a lot of uh, donations to nonprofits, but we wanted to be transparent and uh, upfront with us being for-profit. So not only were you thinking about recycling before everybody else, you were also a social entrepreneur before everybody else. Yeah, we didn't really think about it that way, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love it because I think, I mean, I think this is, you know, I mean, basically y'all are 15 ahead, years ahead of what's happening now. And so, you know, that takes real vision to think about that. So, and, and, and of course, part of the model is is that people donate, you know, their clothing and stuff. Now, I want to I be very clear for our listeners, especially those who um, might have y'all's bins and um, their area that it's not just clothes; it's it's all textiles. That's correct. So clothes, shoes, textiles, 
any kind of uh, household textile lin uh, linens, towels, etc. Do you take sheets? And, yeah. Sheets, yes, um, all that. And yeah. and um, just um, to say something about the word donate. So we we never refer to uh, donations <laughs> in our collateral or on our website or anything because we don't want people to get uh, the idea that uh, they are giving to a charity. Um, but we talk about recycling and uh, repurposing and reusing. Um, just like you have a company that collects your paper and plastic and glass, um, we're creating an infrastructure to collect your textiles. All right. So um, I, I have a fact from you that I just find fascinating that the consumption of clothing has increased by five times over the last 30 years. So we truly are, we, and I think in the U.S. in particular, that's partly because clothing has become so inexpensive, right? Um, so you don't, you know, it used to, you buy one piece of clothing and it was very nice and very well made, and then, you know, you kept it forever. Now with, you know, variety and, and all the, you know, T-shirts and nylons and things coming in, I mean, people buy, you know, six shirts instead of just one shirt, or they have, you know, 12 suits instead of one suit. So um, with, with this sort of increase of consumption, are there other markets that y'all um, sell materials into? Do like, is, is it, or is it simply just selling to people who are going to be using the clothes as clothes? Yeah, mostly it's, it's uh, reuse, uh, but there is also some, uh, recycling, and uh, it's for the clothing that can no longer be worn. So that's maybe 15% of what we collect that is is simply not rewearable. Um, but uh, I, I think it's very interesting what you say uh, about the five-fold increase in in consumption of of clothes and shoes, and um, like you said, uh, it used to be that you bought one shirt and it was really well made and it lasted forever. And now we have all this fast fashion and it's become really cheap to buy clothing. Um, so people buy a lot. And uh, it's it's kind of this, um, there are a lot of things in your life that maybe you can't control. And, uh, you know, we see the standard of living for the average person is not really going up, but this is one way that you can, you know, make up for it and feel a little good. So it's, it's. Um, I mean, I, I think it's terrible personally because <laughs> it's uh, wrecking havoc with our planet and and with the people who are manufacturing the clothing under miserable conditions, um, but. This is uh, the situation that we're in, that clothes consumption keeps increasing, and um, and then we're left with the issue of what do we do with all this stuff. And right now, most of it is going into landfills. Um, so um, I I don't know how to address the issue of, of uh, runaway consumption, but I know how to address the issue of uh, clothing going into landfills, so that's 
that's at least a place to start. Right, right. And I do think, um, well, actually, you know, it's interesting because I just wrote uh, a blog piece for Southeast Green called One Less and just trying to get people to think about just using one less of anything on any Mm -hmm. given day Um, and then sort of paying yourself for using one less and then saving that money and in a year to see how much you would save in that year. So, um, but you're right. That's a great idea. Right, but one one we are runaway consumers. I mean, there's just I mean, even even those of us who are really trying to do better, we're still, you know, runaway consumers. So, um, I think it's you know important that if we're gonna if we're gonna use things that we at least use them wisely. And part of that use is is the recycling. But I want I want to talk about the connection of um, global warming and textiles because people do not understand that there is a real linkage there. So, can you explain that to us, please? Sure. Uh, the manufacturing of use uh, of clothing, sorry, uh, is very energy intensive. So the textile industry is actually responsible for 10%, one tenth of the global carbon footprint. And I mean, the clothes we wear, they they seem so harmless, right? Right. <laughs> um, but but actually, because we. Um, in the way we grow the cotton, for example, with tons of pesticides and and uh, chemicals, that's all oil-based. Uh, um, and then we we grow cotton here, we ship it over to China to be uh, turned into clothing, then we ship that clothing back here <laughs> to consume it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, the... The manufacturing process is is very energy intensive, um, and of course those greenhouse gases that are emitted are directly linked to global warming and uh, increasing uh, climate change issues that we're seeing with uh, weather running amok and and uh, natural disasters. Um, so there is a strong link there, and if if you look at textiles as a material and compare it to other materials, the amount of carbon emissions that you can save by reusing one pound of textiles is many times what you can save by uh, reusing or recycling another material. So, for example, paper, um, you save about one to two uh, pounds of carbon emissions for every pound that you recycle. Uh, with textiles, that number is somewhere between 15 and 20 pounds. Uh, the only material that really compares is aluminum, and that's uh, also 14, 15 pounds. So it's, I mean, so if you're, if you're either choosing one less, which is I'm going to buy one less piece of clothing, or I'm going to wear one piece of clothing much longer, and then at the end of it, it's the life for you, you're recycling. I mean, you're actually, you're taking a big step towards reducing carbon. That's that's correct. Shopping used, uh, thrift store shopping, that's, that's a, a big uh, carbon savings. So, and I, ha- I had no idea um, that it was, that that carbon intensive. I mean, it makes sense when you say you ship it to China and then you ship it back. 
and you know there's so many stories here in the states and what it brings to mind is there's a company up in uh DeKalb County that is making you know recycle recycled and recyclable paper plates but they're sourcing all their materials within a 350 mile radius from Atlanta they're basically going mm-hmm. to the plants you know use the envelopes and they're taking all the envelope trimmings and they're making these into plates and the reporter asked um asked the guys like well why is that better than stuff that's done in China and i told the guy i'll never ask you that question <laughs> 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 like hello <laughs> climate footprint so um, yeah. yeah so i think this is really exciting um and i hope you can tell how enthusiastic i am about what you're doing because it just it makes so much sense and 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 you know we don't think about clothes going into landfill right we just we really don't think about it but we we're all guilty of it yeah no i i, I talk to a lot of people who say that uh, yeah i always drop off my clothing in a bin but then you know there's that one time when um you're you're moving and you have 15 bags and you don't have a car or you know what do you do um, right because yeah so um i think uh, almost everyone is is guilty of of discarding something at some point right. and then there are well, and, parts of the country sorry. where it's really really difficult like i know in in uh, uh, parts of Georgia, for example, that we service, um, there is no curbside, and uh, you know, so you you, ha- you have to haul your stuff to a, a, a convenience station and and uh, recycle it. Um, so it it also it it takes um, commitment and uh, effort uh, to do the right thing. Right. Well, and I was down in South Georgia this uh, past weekend talking to some church ladies about, you know, climate change and, and living more sustainably was really what the talk it was about. And a lot of them were just dismayed because they had they they made the commitment to recycle and their counties have stopped the recycling programs because mm. they're actually overwhelmed with how much people are recycling, right? And so I think part of the problem... I, just, I hate the word problem. Part of the challenge is is when you get people up to to snuff, you know, in regards to recycling, we've got to create a true economy around using those materials again. You know, not just mm-hmm. saying, well, 10% of the paper is made out of recycled product. I mean, there has to be a continuous demand for those those materials. Yeah, and we have to uh, design things to be recyclable and reusable in the first place. So that that's the only way we can ultimately achieve a circular economy, right? Uh, where where we're not uh, just trashing things in this linear consumption economy, but we're practicing reuse and and recycling. Now, where can people find um, the closest bin to them? Um, on our website is probably the easiest place, um, useagain.com. You put in your zip code, and it will show you the nearest locations to where you are. Um, and uh, there are green and white bins, 
um, they're very recognizable. Right. Now, if someone is listening, because, you know, we cover 13 states and we, you know, so ostensibly there is a state that you are not in. Is there something people, is there either, can people either, I mean, if they want to, pay to ship clothes to you? Or is there something they can do to get the bins in the state? Um, We we have actually people shipping clothing to us. uh, and and that's absolutely possible. Uh, all the addresses of our warehouses are on the website. Um, uh, yeah, but um, I I would also be happy to refer uh, if if it's a state we don't service. We're a member of Smart the Secondary Materials and Recycled Textiles Association. Um, it's an industry association for companies that do what we do and and process textiles, and I'd be happy to refer them to the nearest member in that state. Oh, that's awesome! I, I love that. Right? There's a, there's there's a whole industry around this, and that's that's brilliant. So, um, if anybody, and I have heard you speak, and you're very very good and very tweetable. I was tweeting you when I heard you, and for those. Um, of our readers on Southeast Green, they know that I'm I'm a lazy reporter. Instead of actually writing an article, I go in and I tweet live what people say. So, um, and and then I just compile it, and they can just read the tweets after the event. So, if anybody wanted to um, have you come speak to their event, they just contact you through the website. Yes, yes, please. Uh, I think. Uh, not many people know about this side of textiles, uh, not how much is consumed, not how much is going into landfills, not the connection between textiles and global warming. So, And we feel at use again that we really have a, an obligation to bring this message out to people as well. Right. Well, we really, really appreciate your time so much this morning, and um, thank you for enlightening us about how we can be better consumers and reusers of clothing. Thank you so much, Beth, for having me on the show. It's a real Great. Pleasure. I hope to meet you someday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so um, just... So you know, I read a very good um, organizing tip years ago that said every time you bring a new item into the house, you should recycle something. And, of course, clothing is one of those items. And so I have been recycling my clothing for years. Um, in particular, I unfortunately, I'm a bit of a messy eater, so I tend to get um, clothes that I need to recycle on a, a more frequent basis than other people, I guess. So I hope that everyone will really consider doing this and also maybe even considering the one less idea that, you know, you buy one less uh, piece of clothing. And um, you can check out that article. It's just called just go to uh, southeastgreen.com and and search one less and you'll find the article. So thanks so much to uh, you again and and Matt for being a guest on the show. And um, I was going to thank him in Swedish, and I forgot. So anyway, uh, we will be having, uh, I'm not exactly sure when, but in the next couple of weeks, an episode on solar windows. And don't forget, you can always listen to us on iTunes if you can't reach the site and listen to us there. This is Beth Bond signing out with Jeff Hicks and the Heretics. Life's a peach.